Hello and welcome back to the Nutrition Rundown. My name is Jesse Rich. I'm an ultra runner and nutritionist. In this episode, I'd like to go over the fiber paradox. And what I mean by this is we obviously know fiber has a lot of health benefits, but there's times when too much fiber can actually negatively impact your training and racing performance. I'll also be going over strategies of how to decrease fiber leading up to a race and how different fibers affect your body in different ways. Before getting into that, I'd like to give a firsthand experience of how fiber completely destroyed a race I ran. In 2013, I ran my very first ultra marathon, the Speed Goat 50K here in Salt Lake City, Utah. I had heard about carb loading, and this was before I was studying nutrition, so I didn't really know what that meant, other than you should eat a lot of carbohydrates the day before a race. So I decided to prepare a very big salad with tons of leafy greens and a bunch of other vegetables. I filled myself up to the very max. I knew that it was good to get completely full the day before a race, and so that's what I did. I told the line, starting to feel already a little bit sick, wasn't feeling great to start the day. I think adrenaline helped me for the first little while. I was holding, I believe, eighth position for the first eight miles. Things were going pretty well in a pretty competitive race. And then all of a sudden, my stomach flipped on me. I wasn't able to hold down any of the food I was putting in. I was going to the bathroom constantly. And even at the halfway point, I was wanting to drop. I was wanting to quit the race. Unfortunately, that aid station was in such a remote place that I wasn't able to quit. I spent 30 minutes trying to recover with no luck, thinking I'm just going to stop at the next aid station and and find a way out of this race. This is terrible. Slowly, after a while, I was able to put down water and food again and start to pick up some speed and finish the race. I already lost so many positions while I was walking, and when I was running, I was thinking I was gaining back positions to end pretty well. I actually ended the race in 100th place pretty demoralized. I thought I could do a lot better than that. And I wanted to figure out what I had done wrong. This horrible experience is actually what caused me to study nutrition and take my training more seriously. So I don't want you to make the same mistake I did. Luckily, I haven't ever had an experience like that again. First, I want to go into the benefits of fiber so we know that, you know what, this isn't a bad thing all the time. There's a lot of good reasons to eat fiber on a daily basis and and pretty good amounts of it. We know that fiber improves digestion, but why is it improving digestion? Number one, we have these cells called epithelial cells in our intestines that are full of mucus. And fiber pops these cells, releasing mucus to improve digestion. This may come off as something bad, but this is the function of these cells. Also, the movement, the motility of our intestines is brought on by something called peristalsis. Peristalsis will happen regardless of fiber intake, but fiber pushes against the intestinal walls, giving pressure and stimulating peristalsis to happen more smoothly. Fiber binds to cholesterol. So when we eat cholesterol, if there's an excess in the intestines, fiber will actually bind to that excess cholesterol and eliminate it through bowel movements. Fiber helps the sugars that are bound in that plant to be slowly released. Because the body has to break down those fibers, it gets to the sugars a little bit slower, giving the body the ability to metabolize those sugars in uh, a healthy way, not all of a sudden. We know that diabetes 
and hypoglycemia and other issues like that are caused by a huge rush of sugars into the blood and then a crash later on. So fibers prevent that from happening. Another one that we've been hearing a lot about recently is what it does for the microbiome. On the large intestine, there's a huge amount of bacteria that are feeding off of fiber that we eat. If we can keep those bacteria healthy, they actually have a lot of benefits to our overall health. Why is that? Well, the bacteria that are eating those fibers, we could say their poop, essentially, is fertilizer for our intestinal cells. Not only that, but these bacteria can synthesize B vitamins and vitamin K, giving us a second round of helpful vitamins that we can't produce ourselves. For example, if you eat kale, which is high in vitamin K, you will absorb that vitamin K in the small intestine, and that fiber will continue to go down to the large intestine, feeding the good bacteria, and then that bacteria, as a byproduct, will produce more of that vitamin K. So you're actually getting more vitamins with these good bacteria. The more fiber you eat, the more you can repopulate these good bacteria and continue to see the benefits. Fiber is very beneficial for weight management. When we're eating foods, the chewing process itself helps release a hormone called leptin from your fat cells. So chewing is telling your body, okay, we're getting food, we're getting full, this is good. The more fiber, the more you chew. Then once the fiber gets past your mouth and into the stomach, the stomach stretches because of the volume of this fiber that isn't easily broken down, also signaling to the fat cells that you're full. The nice thing about fiber-rich foods is they're usually really high in water and antioxidants, but they're pretty low in calories. So your body's full, but yet you're not getting a ton of calories. Now, this makes it hard for athletes. We need to eat a, a high amount of calories. So eating fiber all the time and only fiber-rich foods, you may not be getting enough calories than, than what you require. So that is good for weight management, too much fiber. However, for athletes, it may be hard to get enough calories to, to sustain your efforts. There are two different types of fiber. First is soluble fiber. Soluble means dissolves in water. So these fibers help liquid solidify. These thicken liquids, such as water and other fluids going through your system, helping bulk up the stool. There's a particular protocol or temporary diet that nutritionists and dietitians recommend called the BRAT diet, standing for bananas, rice, apples, and toast. These are all high in soluble fibers and they help with diarrhea by slowing the gastric emptying, slowing your stomach down a bit. Insoluble fibers increase gastric emptying. So these fibers can be helpful to decrease constipation. Think of nuts, seeds, kale. So all plants have fiber. It's what holds them together. If you're eating plants, you're eating fiber. The USDA recommends 14 grams of fiber per 1,000 calories consumed. It's interesting to know that early humans ate upwards of 100 grams per day. Why has this changed so much? Well, I think number one is that agriculture has developed quite a bit to make foods more delicious, and that has decreased the fiber, increased the sugar content and uh, water volume than what we had before. They didn't have seedless watermelon. The fruit they ate had seeds and skin and not a lot of actual fruit meat on them. They were eating a lot of fiber. Would I recommend 100 grams? Probably not. They ate that much because they had to. They had to find, you know, these really rough plants and eat them. 
But yeah, in this day and age, we've reduced the fiber content of those foods and make them more delicious. We're not even getting close to 100 grams in this day and age. We're not eating nearly as many fruits and vegetables on a daily basis. And we just eat more processed foods. Americans eat roughly 10 to 15 grams of fiber per day. So again, if we're talking about 14 grams as a recommendation per 1,000 calories, and let's say you're eating a 2,000 calorie diet, we're looking at 28 grams as a minimum. So most Americans aren't even getting close to that. Okay, we've gone over the benefits of fiber. What are some of the negative consequences of fiber? One of the reasons, like I mentioned before, is the issues with calories. As runners, we need a substantial amount of calories. And if we're depending on solely fiber-rich foods, we may not be getting the calories we need before we feel full. Like I mentioned in my previous episode, when we have fiber in our stomach and it's moving around so consistently for so long, it can cause upset. These negative consequences can very much affect your training and running performance. So what are some recommendations I would give? Well, number one would be taper your fiber just like you taper your training. A week out from your race, start to reduce the overall amount of fiber you're intaking. Insoluble fiber is a little bit harder on the digestive system than soluble fiber. Because soluble fibers dissolve and they don't poke on our epithelial cells quite as much, soluble fibers don't need to be reduced as dramatically as insoluble fibers. You don't need to go too drastic with this. When you're a week out from your race, make simple adjustments to your diet that help decrease the amount of fiber you're intaking. For example, instead of eating brown rice, you can eat white rice. Instead of having a cup full of nuts, reduce to a half cup of nuts. What's happening here, though, is you're reducing your overall caloric intake. And again, that is not beneficial to runners to be in a caloric deficit, especially the week before a race. Granted, your training is reducing, so you gradually will decrease your calories accordingly, but you also want a surplus going into your race. So what about these calories that you're missing out on? This is one of those times that I do recommend incorporating some refined carbohydrates so that you can make sure that you're getting all the carbohydrates you need the week before your race while also decreasing your fiber intake. Foods like white pasta and white bread aren't necessarily health foods. They are so low in nutrients that they've had to be fortified with vitamins and minerals to make sure they have somewhat of a nutritional profile. This doesn't mean that your diet is 100% refined carbohydrates. Continue to eat the whole foods that you eat by simply reducing the amount of fiber and making sure that the calories you're missing are replaced with refined carbohydrates to make sure you have the carbohydrate stores needed to perform at your best on race day. Everybody has a different tolerance to fiber. The amount you reduce your fiber by really depends on the individual. Some people are generally low-fiber eaters. There's a lot of people who follow a high-fat diet, and they may not need to replace the calories they're missing with extra carbohydrates, especially if that's the approach they want to take. If you're on the high side, then obviously you want to kind of more drastic taper through the week. If you're kind of in the lower side, then you don't need as much of a fiber taper. You're not even having that much in the first place. Another thing I would recommend, you know, as, as mentioned before, soluble fibers decrease gastric emptying. And when you're racing, you're probably going to be eating a lot of foods that increase gastric emptying with high sugar content. If you're out for a longer period of time, say an ultra marathon, it may actually be beneficial to incorporate some soluble fibers at aid stations, whole foods. 
Some gels already do have fibers in them, some soluble and insoluble that can help. But if not, if you're just eating a, you know, maltodextrin type gel, it could benefit you to have something like a banana at the aid stations to help slow that gastric emptying. If you're extremely sensitive and you continue to have issues on race day, I would experiment with what's called a FODMAP diet. We want foods that are low in these fibers. What FODMAP stands for is fermentable, oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. Essentially, these foods have particular fibers that are easily fermentable. If you have digestion issues or perhaps struggling in your race, then reducing these amount of fermentable fibers could benefit you the week leading into the race. I don't recommend this diet for long periods of time as it is very restrictive on certain foods that are very healthy. I would definitely recommend speaking to a nutritionist if you want to take this route. It's important to eat well right after a race, but you need to be careful not to incorporate high-fibered foods right away. Your digestive system has been through a lot, especially in an ultra event, so making sure that you give yourself some time with liquid calories, easy digestible foods, lower fiber foods at the very beginning, I would even say one to two days after your race, before starting to implement more high fiber foods back into your diet. What about training days? We've talked about racing. Can I have a high fiber diet and train and not feel discomfort? The answer is absolutely. You just need to make sure that you eat fiber rich foods away from your training. Doesn't need to be super far away one to one and a half hours before an easy training run and one and a half to two hours before a higher intensity race or training effort. This allows your body to digest and break down foods before you're running. An easy run, sometimes I would even recommend running fasted if it's an hour and a half to a two hour run, that shouldn't be a problem. However, if you are doing a harder training effort, it's important to have carbohydrates on board ready to go for those fast twitch muscles. As I mentioned, one and a half to two hours before that harder effort is ideal, but to top off those carbohydrate stores, I do recommend a gel or a simple food 30 minutes before your harder effort. Just like a race, it is important that you get food in after your efforts, but your digestion won't be as great. Something in liquid form or easy to digest and not so heavy on fibers. Once one to two hours have passed and you've had your simple snack, then you can start having normal foods again that are high in fiber and high in nutrients. Take some time to better understand what your fiber intake is like. You can use an app like Chronometer or MyFitnessPal to see what your daily fiber intake is. You can then assess whether you think you need to increase your overall fiber intake or decrease. I hope that you can apply some of these tips and tricks to your own training and realize that you can eat healthy in your day-to-day -day life with a fiber-rich diet and also perform at your best. In next episode, I want to talk about glycogen and carb loading and whether or not that's beneficial for you as an individual. Until next time, eat smart, run fast.